In a world filled with questions, there's one role that often leaves us searching for the right words, parenting. Introducing What to Say When, a podcast that equips parents with tools to navigate the beautiful and challenging journey of raising children. Together, we'll explore a wide range of topics from handling tough conversations to nurturing resilience to helping you become a confident and compassionate parent. What to say when. Because the right words can make all the difference. All right. Welcome to the official episode one of the What to Say When Parenting podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Nick. I'm Jen. And I'm Chase. And we're excited that all three of you are here listening along um, to all figure out. You. All three of you are here. <laughs> our <laughs> large audience. It's our spouses. They're listening to make <laughs> sure right. that we don't say, A, anything really bad about yeah. them, yeah. or B, anything really wrong about our families, right. yes. or the really contradictory to what we've actually done as moms and dads. Yes. So. Okay. Speaking of families. How was your family this morning? How are you guys? Here's my here's okay. my real question. What does it look like when you guys try to get out the door in the morning with your kids, with you, with your spouse? Like, what was today like? Did people put their oh, shoes on? Mercy. Did they have their homework? How did it go? Today was a hard one in the Baker household because Courtney <laughs> was not home. Um, and so there's just a lot of details yeah. that go into a morning that I totally overlooked. And um, and so we have to leave the house at 8 o'clock. So I thought I was doing good. I got the girls up. And they they were actually in bed. Usually they're out of bed. So they, were, they wanted to sleep in a little bit. So got them up, got them dressed. I expect my 7-year-old to kind of do her thing. But, but today, this morning, she required extra coaching, extra reminders, kit, 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 kit. And uh, the little one is is doing her own thing. But anyway, it got, I mean, I thought I was doing so good. I was doing excellent. I'd get them to school, drive them to school. And so we got a message that said, and you really have to get Kit on the bus, that to the bus stop. Got a message that says her bus is running 50 minutes late. So I have to now oh, take Did you her. say 15 or 50? 50. 50. What? what happens all the time? As in like barely shy of an hour and, late? <laughs> yes. And I don't understand why her bus in particular happens all the time. But anyway, so I'm, getting her to school at this point. And at eight o'clock, which I leave the house, I realize I have not made their lunches. And so now I'm rushing to make their lunches. Kit usually gets the school lunch, but now since I'm making Ellis's lunch in the moment, she wants to make she her lunch. Wants her lunch yeah. So it is a rush. I am frustrated. I am pushing. I mean, what are you doing? And then I forgot I have to make her my coffee. It's just mm. a lot, a lot of things. Dad and needs so coffee too. Yeah. We ended up being late to everywhere we went this morning. So. <laughs> There you have go. to walk them into the office now, too. You yep. can't just drop them off. You and how many days in. a week does that happen? In my house? Yeah. Uh, that we're running out late? Not often. Okay. Not often. Mm. Because Kit rides the bus, um, typically. But anyway, that, yeah. that was my morning. Yeah. It was it was not a stellar morning in the Baker family, and mostly because Dad was taking over this morning. That's okay. That's okay. Y'all yep. know me well. How often do you think we get out the house late? We've known you. For, are you going to for many years? Do you want a percentage? Do you want I'm a percentage? Say it. Uh, every day, every single time. It's I was going to say every zero percent. But let me ask you close. this: Is it the kids, or is that just you in general? This is a parenting podcast, so I feel like I should say it's the kids, and I am teaching them and mentoring them. It's not y'all. It's me. It's I say me. that to Susan too, and I'm not throwing her under the bus. She wouldn't care at all. I would say you were late before we had kids. Yeah. 
Yeah. And for whatever and then it reason, just makes it look, worse. oh, it compounds yeah. the issue. Because yeah. they all have their own things that they need. Like what yeah. you just said. We are doing they, hair. We are packing lunches. And I, was, we are I do hair, work. too. Yeah. I he forgot got you, about you that. Got girls. And I tried to do, she said, I wanted pigtails. Yeah. I was like, great. I think I can do that. But I couldn't get the part in the no, middle. No, the part's tricky. I couldn't get it. So Nick I was like, knows. you're getting a pigtail. Okay, I'm, I'm excellent at little girl hair. Yes. Well, actually, she said, she I'm finally just said, can I just wear my hair down? Yeah. And wear she a, gave up. a headband. I was like, People that's excellent. People watch that, right? If I started a like an online tutorial, like dads do hair, yeah, like teach dads how to do their kids' I hair. I would watch it and I'm a mom. I would learn. I would learn from you for sure. Maybe that's like a good idea in my my free time. That's a spinoff of this. No, ours is different now at home in the mornings too because the girls drive themselves, and so. But we still have to get up. Susan is a stickler for, you know, making sure that they eat a good breakfast and making sure that they have you know appropriate lunches each day. And there's dogs to take care of and feed and all the things. And so we're just doing all the household stuff. But I'm looking at the clock. I'll go out and start their car for them on a cold morning. And then I'm looking at the clock going, okay, you've, you've got to get out the door because I know how long it's going to take to get there. I know what red lights they're going to get stopped at. I know what it means to get in their seats before. And we're watching them on Life 360. Um, there's my promotion for the day. If you don't have Life 360 and your okay, kids what's, are out there driving. What's Life 360? Yeah. Tell us what it that is. is. It's a tracker on yeah. your children yeah. and their phones. And so you can see not only where they are in the world on Life 360 app, but how fast they're driving. And we like that a lot. And so uh, we know where they're at, how they're going, and how long it's going to take yep. them to get someplace. And then I get these, you can set alerts, you know, like anything with a phone these days, you can set alerts. So like, I know when they arrive at school, I know when they leave at school, I know when they get home in the afternoons, or if they get to practice or something else that they're going to, I get these little kind of notifications. Um, so if you guys see me checking down on my phone this afternoon, it's because mm-hmm. I got I got the word that they checking left school your life and that they made it home and that they didn't speed. First so that's a good thing. tip of the, of the there, episode. There you go. Yep. Life 360. I'll take it. There you I go. need it. I need all the tips. So this whole episode um, is about messing up as a parent. Like, what do you say when you mess up? And when it's clear, when it's you've just made a mistake. And so there you go. What do you say when you mess up? You guys want to fess up and tell the last time that you messed up as oh, a parent? I've messed up a lot. I Today, think that's right? part Jennifer, of it. Yeah, when you're I never stressed mess up. getting out the door. Listen, I am the one that's saying stop yelling and is raising my voice and yelling. Mm-hmm. The number of times I've had to apologize to my kids. I have a big volume um, span. I'm, I mean, I'm a singer. I'm a, like, I will yell very, very easily. But then I also whisper well. So that's all right, I guess. But I've had to apologize for yelling many times to my kids. Yeah. And somehow and I feel like it's worse as a dad, just with the depth scarier. of your voice. It's it is. Scarier. It's automatically scarier. Yeah. Like it's automatically scarier when I have a tone yeah. or when I raise my voice or when I have a look. I just feel like it's it automatically brings some weight to it. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. my mess ups come uh, with, um, and we'll talk about it a little bit with overreacting to certain situations and uh, really um, hearing something and not not spending time processing what I just heard and jumping right into whether that's a, um, a discipline or that's a coaching or whatever it is, not not resting in that moment. So that's probably where I would say. Yeah, I jump to conclusions and make assumptions a lot yep. um, rather than just kind of give your kids the benefit of the doubt Mm -hmm. to know that if they did something, if they left something, they're not supposed to leave it. If they were running 10 minutes late, that there's, there may be a reason for it. Um, And instead of asking the question and diving into the why, I automatically make the assumption, who left this here? 
um, we told you guys yeah. not to do this. And then all of a sudden things escalate in yeah. those moments, I think, as a result. So we did an Andy Stanley study one time in our group. And one of the things it was a relationship one. And one of the things he said was assume the best, not the worst. Always assume yeah. the best, not the worst. And I think yeah, it yeah. definitely happens in parenting. How are we assuming the best in our kids and coaching them in that level as opposed to assuming the worst? Absolutely. But it easy to, it's easy to jump to that for sure. Well, I think as a starting off point, what we would want to say, like if somebody's about to get out of their car and the phone is going off because they're walking to a meeting, listen to this. It's okay to mess up as a parent. Yeah. Yeah. Like the bottom line, it's actually okay to mess up as a parent. Um, and it's actually good that we mess up as parents and that we acknowledge those mess ups. Um, and so we want to take some time to kind of talk about that a little further today. Yeah. Because so go ahead. Why is it good? Why, why yeah. is it, what's the benefit when we mess up? What happens with that? Well, there is a really, I think the theological implication is the one that you have to go to first. When we mess up as a parent, it shows our kid that it's okay for them to mess up as a, as a human, as a person. Um, and one, it allows us the opportunities to circle back and to model what it means to acknowledge your failure, to ask for forgiveness, um, and to seek change, to seek to do better next time, to get that do-over. Um, I think a lot of times, and we've talked about this with the studies of stress and anxiety and just worry and fear that are plaguing kids today, um, this this pressure to be perfect all the time. You yeah. and I have talked about yeah. it with our firstborns. Like, there's just this pressure to perform. Um, and so I think sometimes if we don't acknowledge our failures and our mess-ups and let our kids know that it's okay, like mom and dad make mistakes too, then they could grow up with this really false understanding of parents are supposed to be perfect. That's good. And that just piles on the pressure. So because, theologically, it's just a good thing. Because perfection is not the goal. No. It shouldn't be the goal, right? Is it, I mean, our sanctification Absolutely. should be the goal. And when we can't acknowledge our mess ups, what does that, what does that do um, to the psyche of our kids, what does it do to our psyche? Because even we we wrote down some things like Instagram comparison, looking online, like you're you're like these are the perfect parents, these are the perfect kids, these are, and it really doesn't paint a good picture of what parenting really actually is and what it's supposed to do. And you mentioned Andy Stanley a moment ago. His wife Sandra Stanley wrote a book called The Comparison Trap. Um, this sentence has stuck with me for years. I think I he heard him say it for the first comparison always leads to depression. Yeah, it always does. It always leads to this perception. And I think a lot of times we don't acknowledge our mess ups cause we don't want to look like failures. We don't want to look like we don't have it all together. Um, and then if we do, sometimes the reverse of that is we get overly critical of ourselves when we make mistakes. Like it's not just this natural thing for us to be figuring out things as we go and to make mess ups along the way. When we get overly critical every time we do make mistakes, that sends the message to our kid that it's not okay. Um, and internally, if my mom or my dad is always criticizing themselves every time they mess up, if they're holding themselves to an unattainable standard of perfection, then I do too. And it's not acceptable for me to do the wrong thing. And so we want to we want to talk about that a little more. In our home, we talk about um, we have we talk about grace a lot in our house. Mm-hmm. And so we have kind of the the idea and the notion that kids need opportunities to be given grace and to give grace. Absolutely. And so when we mess up as a parent, we're helping our kids given we're giving them an opportunity to show grace to us when we get down on our knees and talk with them at their level and say, mommy did X, Y, Z. And that was not what I was supposed to do. I'm sorry. Will you forgive me and put it in their court and let them have an opportunity to show us grace when we Mm. didn't behave how we were supposed to, I think. And when we model that, 
Yeah. We point them to Jesus. And we even intentionally in our home try to say, like, this is how Jesus treats us. This is how we want to treat yeah. each other. It can it, it can end up being a faith grower when we give them those opportunities to be given grace in those moments when we mess up. Yeah, the same is true. Like, um, I think that's good. The parent, it's especially true when you have a sibling group. It really, oh yeah. whenever you, it really helps them paint the picture of, hey, it's it, to give, extend grace to one mm-hmm. another. If, if I'm doing that as a parent, if I'm admitting, if I'm asking for forgiveness, those kind of things, it really paints the better picture for, for them. I can do this with my other relationships in my life as well. Not just the parent-child relationships, but what we're really trying to coach them to do is what does life look like without parents around? That's the goal. That's the end result. Once they hit 18, they're going to leave our house. We're going to go to college. We're going to have relationships. What does it look like to restore, to build relationships there? And that forgiveness, that grace giving is a part of that. And they're likely experiencing that already. They're not in the home with us 24 seven, yeah. really. I mean, they have extracurriculars or school. Yeah. They have, they have, yeah, play dates. they have moments where they get to, yeah. What is it that, that a person's supposed to do to accept their own limitations, to understand their own failures, and then to make amends, to say, to acknowledge that you did something wrong. We get to, what a blessing to get to acknowledge that for our kids. So what are, we've already touched on a couple of them, the idea of just the losing our temper, the overreacting, even the timing of how we get out the door. What are some of probably what you guys think um, are the more common mistakes that parents make? I'm learning about reactions, and Mm -hmm. it might just be the stages that my kids are at, but how I react to something completely informs how the next 5, 10, 20 minutes are going to go. So when my kid comes home, and and I've mentioned this before, that I feel like they learn so many things at school that I didn't intend for them to learn yet. Mm -hmm. But when they come home and say, Johnny said this, my reaction in that moment is critical. And oftentimes I'll make the mistake of responding with shock or with disappointment or with frustration instead of pausing, not letting my face tell the whole story and asking them to tell me more. Yep. And I make that mistake a lot. I'm trying to learn that right now, especially with a kid who's about to go into middle school. We yeah. are coming home with lots of information that I don't even know yet. I know, middle school, That's next thing. year. What did our next year. do without Google? I don't know. I really no, I am. I'm like using it all the time. I'm having to look up words that I didn't know. I'm having to look up just all kinds of things in culture that I didn't even know would be discussed at this age. But my response, I have often made that mistake in the past and how I respond. So I'm trying to learn that for sure. I'm with you because uh, I remember um, that my daughter told me something and my immediate reaction, I talked about it before. One of the mistakes I have is tend to um, overreact, tend to um, go right into it at the moment, make a bigger deal out of it than it should be. And, and, I remember her reaction recently. I, I did something that I overreacted, and immediately I could tell on her face there was the, it looked like kind of shame and guilt mm. on her face. And I didn't mean to do that. It was unintentional, but I think my overreaction caused something in her to to click to say, "Man, this is this is not good." And and my and it wasn't anything really unbelievably bad you know it wasn't terribly bad but what i what i did think in that moment is overreactions this is from my perspective and and i think some things that we read and is that overreactions tend to cause children to think twice the next time they need to share oh absolutely right and so i had to do some relational uh, building after that moment because immediately she clinged to mom yeah and did not want to be with dad i mean that's that's as honest as i could be and i had to I had to, at night, had to go in a room, had to sit down with her, had to 
comb her hair and just spend some time being present with her without saying anything to be able to build some of that trust back. Just that equity to be able to say, dad can be trusted. Talk to me about anything. That's right. I want you around. One of the things that we've kind of wrestled with through the years is timing. Timing is kind of everything. I think that's in a lot of aspects of life, Um, but with parenting too, like the idea of like too much permission too soon or not enough permission soon enough. Um, And like the things that you say yes to um, as parents, we have a really funny one because several years ago, it was after we made a big move and kind of upset the apple cart and made a lot of transitions for our family. The kids came and asked if they could have bunny rabbits. Um, And we had really been putting a lot of responsibility on them, a lot of transitions in our home and our family dynamic. We just thought, well, this is, this is really a good blessing that we can say yes to. Let me just go ahead and put out a warning out there. Maybe just like a public service announcement. If your child comes home and asks for bunny rabbits, um, call me. We'll put my telephone number in the show notes. Let me talk you out of having bunny rabbits. I feel like bunny no rabbits is a gateway to other animals, oh so I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Okay, Don't I didn't you know have a lot of animals? Yes. We have two bunny rabbits, and I did not know until after we had bunny rabbits that they are, in fact, rodents. Like, that's a big deal. And I think part of the aspect of that as a parent is just knowing that, like, I said yes to something that I wish I hadn't said yes to. Um, And I've thought about that before with, like, okay, yes, you're at a certain age. We're going to let you watch this television show or watch that movie. And there have been the things that we had to cut off midstream. Um, And it's not a, a judgment on them. It's really on us to say, hey, guys, we didn't do enough research. We didn't investigate that fully. In the moment, we wish we could have had a do-over, so we're just going to put a pause. Like, it's okay as a parent to retract your parenting, to say, hey, as a mom or dad, we we talked about it, and we feel differently now than we thought we'd feel, and so we're going to back up a little bit. But it's hard. John Acuff says yeah. it's easier to say no to a puppy than to take a puppy away, and I, I agree. That's true. It's hard. Um, what about underreacting? That's, that's mm-hmm. sometimes I fall into that category is that whenever there's something, something happens, they're sharing something with me, something, and there's expressing emotions. I feel like sometimes I underreact in the moment and it feels like I'm dismissing mm-hmm. their emotions. Does that make sense? Their feelings I think, yeah, or I, emotions. Say, yeah. I think validation yeah. is really critical yeah. in, in how we um, have relationship with our kiddos. And I think that's something even after we, after we mess up is part of what is a healthy next step, I think, is validating how they feel yeah. with how how we overreacted or how we yelled, how we lost our temper, how we were impatient, whatever those things are, is to let them express how they feel. Yeah. Let our kids tell them, give them a moment to express how they, what they just walked through, how they're feeling and meet them there before we move on to, okay, can we apologize and move on to the next thing? Giving yeah. them a moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah I like that. And I, I would say finally for me is uh, placing unrealistic expectations on them, let a two-year-old mm-hmm. be a two-year-old, and a six-year-old yeah. be yeah. a six-year-old, and a nine-year-old be just not not getting too far ahead of myself when it comes to expectations over them. And the more kids you have, the more challenging that is. I think we expect the youngers to be able to keep up with the olders a lot of times, and just the unfair expectation, like, or looking at the younger when you're parenting them differently, and the older being like, well, Simon doesn't have to do that. Yeah. Well, Simon's ten, right? And, and you didn't have to when you were 10 either, or Simon's five. You didn't have to when you were five either. Just that constant reminder of going back and forth. But this is about the mistakes that parents make. And sometimes we do. Sometimes we put unfair expectations on our kids and what they're able to do. Um, the good thing about this, I think, is it takes us back to that theology of it, that theology of being people who can always go to our Heavenly Father and say, I messed up. And not yeah. only I messed up, but I need your help to fix it. Um, And like, I want our kids to be able to do that with us. Um, But to do that, we model it for them. Hey guys, 
dad messed up and I'd like your help fixing it. Fixing like we, we broke something in our family as a result of my mistake. Maybe you guys can help me repair that. Um, and together we can get on an even better place than we were before. Um, I love, 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 and there's a lot of times, and Simon loves when we do a Bible study that's on either Simon or Peter in the New Testament, because yeah. he kind of knows that the name changed. Like, he's like, so if we're doing a Bible study and it's on Peter, he'll say, do you mean Simon, Peter? You know, <laughs> it's kind of fun for him to have a Bible name in that moment. But there's this moment where you realize that, okay, Peter was the first to kind of confess Christ among the disciples. Like, who do people say, who do you say that I am? I mean, he's like, you're the Christ. You're the Messiah, the son of the living. You are, you're it, Jesus. Um, the first to acknowledge who Jesus was, but then also denied him three denied times. Denied him three times, yeah. And I just want to say to us as moms and dads, this is hopefully the moment that somebody's really leaning in and listening. We are not, we're not our greatest moment as a mom and dad. And you're also not your worst moment as a mom and dad. Like, think about that. It's like Peter. Peter, his whole life was not summed up by his greatest declaration, and it also wasn't summed up by his biggest mistake. Yeah. Um, and just to kind of give yourself grace, to accept the grace that God gives you, to ask your kids for grace in those moments. Tim Kimmel has this whole grace-based parenting book and conference. Um, and the grace-based parenting idea is looking at your kids and saying, okay, if it's not illegal or immoral, it's probably just annoying, and you yeah. need to give your kids grace. Um, and I think we give our kids grace out of the grace that we've received and the grace that we're willing to receive. And that well, becomes a really you, big part of it. Don't you love the follow-up to Peter's story, what, what Jesus' response to him was after the resurrection? Oh, yeah. It's just he found him. He found him. He sat down with him, had a meal with him, and redeemed his three denials. Do you love me? Yeah, do you love me? Yeah. And that's it. Out of the love that we've received, we can provide love. And then out of the love that we give our kids— they can give that love back, that same grace, that same forgiveness, that same acceptance. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's awesome. Man, that feels good, right? It feels good. Absolutely. Anything else you guys want to talk about today as it relates to the mistakes that we make as parents? I think just how to move forward. I think what do we, what do we try to do the next day that's better? That's a, that takes me back to Peter, too. Yeah. Um, you know, we give him credit for establishing the church. Um, it was his sermon in Acts 2 that ignited the fire that launched this movement that, that we're still hanging on to today. Um, and so as a parent, when you do make mistakes, it doesn't remove your authority. It doesn't remove your calling. You still get up the next day and you're still, ah, you may want to run from it, but you're still in charge. Yeah. You're still the parent in the equation. And so I think that too. I think a, a lot of times as moms and dads, we feel like, wow, we've just totally ruined it. We've absolutely ruined mm -hmm. all of our influence, all of our authority, all of our opportunities. They're just gone over this one mistake. That is absolutely not true. Um, your calling is still there. Your equipping is still there. Um, your opportunities are still present. So you get back up and you sit in that same mom and dad seat again the next day. Yeah. It's great. We had a really hard day just a couple of weeks ago where everyone was just stressed in the house. And I remember that night we were putting our middle daughter to bed. Mm -hmm. After all of the, there was yelling, there was stress. We were yep. cleaning rooms. Yep. It was a really hard day. There had been some pause. She was getting into bed and she said, mommy, you're the best mommy in the world. Oh, wow. And you it just, just broke me. Yeah. I, I melted because I knew that I had not been the best version of me that day. It's exactly what you were saying, Nick. I had not been the best version of me, nor had I been the worst, but I had not been what I wanted to be as a mom that day. Uh -huh. And yet my kids still, she still loved me. She still thought I was the best mom in the world. She still wanted me to tuck her in. 
our job is never really done as parents. You know, even when they walk out of the house and they move on to what's next, it's never really done. And we get to keep, keep trying to work on that relationship every day and growing it. I'm making that mental note because that's, that's a sermon there. Mm-hmm. It's not our righteousness. It's not our performance. Mm-hmm. It's, it's Christ's imputed righteousness that makes us worthy and clean and holy before God. Right. Like, we get to stand before God, our Father, because Christ's righteousness has been applied to us. Yeah. Um, and I love that in that moment of like parenting weakness, when you've had not your best day, Mm-mm. your kid looks at you and says, I, I don't you. see that. <laughs> I see that you're the I best. Love you, Mom. Yep. Um, so awesome. you guys are the best. That's if you're awesome. listening, um, we would love for you to subscribe to get updates about when this is coming out. We would love for you to post comments and ideas about what topics you would like to see us cover. Some of those can just be from things that happened two weeks ago or two years ago in your own life. And you said to yourself, man, I wish that I had listened to a conversation about that with some (laughs) other parents before my kid came and asked me. So as your service to other moms and dads, post those in the comments and we'll try to hit an episode about that just through research and figuring out what is it that we as parents want to say when our kid does or says or asks one of those things. That's awesome. As we close today, Chase, pray for us. I will. Let's pray. God, we love you. We're God, we're thankful mm-hmm. for today. And God, we do pray for those moments that um, we may overreact or underreact mm-hmm. or place undue expectations or um, timelines or whatever it may be, uh, God, that, um, that God, you would use those to help us understand your grace a little deeper mm-hmm. and uh, and what you've done ultimately on the cross for us and and God our our hearts and what we what we desire is to build into the next generation what it means to to give grace and receive grace and to to be um, people who build relationships and not tear relationships down so help us to be able to model that really well and and God I'm so grateful that we don't have to be perfect um, that you are and that God um, but you want us to be intentional. So God, I pray that we're intentional with our parenting. We're intentional with how we live our lives. And ultimately, uh, also, how do we model grace and forgiveness? So God, we love you. Thank you for um, uh, our parents that are listening. Pray blessings on them and their kiddos. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. What to Say When is part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network, available on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. Be sure to subscribe now as we take off on this incredible parenting journey together.